Hello, this is Matt Hale with Art Monthly on Resonance 104.4 FM. And this programme um, is based on two features in the May 2011 issue of Art Monthly. One is an interview with Maria Walsh and Mary Kelly. And then Maria Walsh is a writer and teaches at Chelsea College of Art and Design. Now, the other piece is a feature by J.J. Charlesworth called Criticism v. Critique, or Critique's Critique. Um, we're going to start with JJ's piece, and um, JJ, uh, you're on the phone with us today, so Hello. you can hear me. Great stuff. Um, I haven't got an exact question about your piece, but it is a good, complicated piece about criticism, in which you even use criticism, critique, criticality, yeah. three types of criticism, vaguely, and many forms of subject with various additives, like um, subject subjectivity, yeah. Subjective experience, the politics of subjectivity, etc. And I, I basically would love to try and get across what what your um, where you end up really, because you end up with some quite um, strong statements. Um, but let's try and work work our way there. Yeah. Um, tell me how you start, well, basically. Um, you I think the the uh, impetus for the piece is just looking at some recent. Uh, um, magazines and publications that are trying to thrash out some uh, problem that there still is with uh, uh, art criticism. I mean, obviously, there's been quite a long debate over the last 10 years uh, around some kind of idea of crisis of art criticism. Um, and um, noticeably, there's been a public initiative, Textual Kunst, a Berlin-based journal. Yeah, so let me just say that clear, because I'm not quite sure. Your line's not bad, but um, just Texter Kunst did a conference, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they did a conference in, uh, I think, December. Yeah. Um, and they just published it in their last, I think, March issue. Yes. But they, they were looking there at um, uh, what, where a critique, you know, art critique or a critique of art uh, institutions and uh, theories around um, uh, art um, are today. And in a way, it was a... It was a conference was trying to work out uh, what kinds of theories, what kinds of approaches, critical approaches are still valid and are, are useful today when dealing with things like aesthetic um, or subjective uh, um, experience in art uh, and arts institutions and um, the politics of, uh, of um, uh, presentation and, and so on. So they were, they were rehearsing a certain kind of um, leg you know, historical legacies like, for example, social art history particularly, but also bringing in new uh, theories uh, or more recent theoretical kind of discussions around, for example, biopolitics, um, uh, and trying to kind of uh, thrash out where, the, where, where they should stand as a, as a kind of um, uh, critical position now. I, mean, I was also looking at the fact that there a little book that's come out recently from Canada, uh, which took a very different tack, which was really looking at... Um, Art critics and the practice of art criticism at the very, uh, sort of, you might say, um, front line uh, level. Was that Vancouver, the, the yeah, magazine yeah, Philippe? It came out of um, uh, Vancouver, and, um, you know, which is part of a, an imprint uh, of a magazine, I think, called Philip. Um, Philip, sorry. I must admit, I don't, I don't uh, read every day, but anyway, they, <laughs> they were, um, that, it, by contrast, is looking at. Um, what judgment still means and whether one can still talk about judgment uh, in a, any sensible way uh, and whether can one, one can talk about art criticism as a valid place to, to make judgment. So that's, that's quite an interesting uh, discussion too. And what I was quite, 
quite curious about in the in the feature piece is trying to distinguish between um, this kind of bubbling up of uh, an interest in, in fact art, art criticism carries on um, uh, and it seems to be carrying on everywhere and everywhere and in various places people are having fairly sort of um, common discussions about the fact that art criticism seems to be in trouble but at the same time it still happens all the time how is it when you say in trouble well uh, that uh, there's many kind of, I mean, many of the arguments around art criticism in the last 10 years have been that it's sort of redundant, uh, that it can't really have any effect, or that if it does have an effect, it's an, it's an effect which is completely complicit to, say, the art market, yeah. uh, or the mass media, or, 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 or different kinds of either redundancy or complicity, and that having uh, and making judgments um, about particular works of art is a, is a lost cause, because basically uh, that draws you into this economy of... Um, with regards to you know, um, uh, market culture or the art market, uh, or in fact it, it, it won't have any effect at all. Yeah, because you mentioned at one point that a review might, even even if it's negative, the fact that there's a review published on an artist's work yeah. is some sort of validation of the work. Precisely. Anyway. Exactly. So so you, you have critics themselves kind of making uh, critical assessments of their own role, finding that actually. Uh, there's no point trying to pretend that judgment works um, or, or judgment has any kind of real value because just the mere fact of, of writing something or publishing something adds to the kudos of whatever it is that's been written, written at, even to the point where you could argue that um, even negative criticism is uh, good publicity. So yeah, which does sound rather odd. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a little odd, but it seems, it, it seems it's odd that it's quite a persuasive argument. Yes. Yeah. Do, do, where do you, I mean, cut to the chase in a sense, where, where, where do you stand on that? Because you, I mean, you don't, for the sound of it, I, I imagine, agree with this. Well, I think this is a broader problem for me and a broader question which I was trying to work out in the, in the piece, uh, which is, uh, on one hand, you have people, who, a certain range of theorists and a certain range of kind of critical practitioners, uh, writers, academics, uh, theorists, but who are basically mounting a, a very kind of... Um, systematic attack on uh, all the aspects of the institution of the art, the institution of the art world, uh, to the point where uh, it, they kind of pretty much entirely dismiss any kind of criticism um, which happens uh, within that those circuit. And on the other hand, you have a lot of people actually trying to work out what the value of artworks is, which is to say, working out uh, through some form of art criticism what it is that's good or bad or important or significant about actual, actual works of art that happen. So there's, a, there's definitely a kind of, uh, what I was trying to work out or, or um, uh, cast, shed light on was this uh, odd situation we have now where people uh, are trying to work out what the terms of art criticism should be on one hand and other people who are effectively mounting a, a almost completely um, uh, apt total sort of dismissal uh, of any form of kind of uh, discurs discursive or, or critical encounter with artworks, um, and I, I mean, in a way, it was a. I was trying to kind of, you know, make a sort of slightly provocative division, I suspect, between um, the people who apparently naively go about making kind of judgments and, and, and having opinions about artwork on one hand, and those people who are see themselves as so kind of critically aloof and so self-conscious. <laughs> Of their position as uh, not dupes or, or, or you know not patches to the, the system, as it were, that they then kind of cut themselves off 
in precisely that, that situation which needs dealing with, which is, you know, how do we go about making uh, evaluations and judgments about artworks whilst at the same time being conscious of the, the compromises that we always enter into when we when we start to do that. Can, look, just to bring Maria in here, this is Maria Walsh. Hold on, JJ. Uh, hello. Um, I just have a brief question about this idea of uh, making judgments, um, yeah. the, which you seem to imply has to do with, like, whether something, a work of art is good or bad. Mm. Um, that idea, which, of course, as you rightly say, um, has been, you know, critiqued by these... Uh, uh, pompous, hectoring, and priestly people. <laughs> um, but how does that? I mean, uh, and you seem to imply that um, maybe this, the case. You seem to put a case forward for making, you know, the possibility of making judgments. But yeah. how does that relate then to um, what's the relation between making judgments, which has just to be um, uh, crude here, has always been associated with, um, you know a certain kind of objectivity. How does that relate then to this um, um, practice, these practices of subjectivity or the encounter with subjectivity yeah. and experience that you um, imply is what's, what goes on in the art encounter, which seems to me to be perhaps slightly different, but if you could say a bit about how you might see a relation between those two things. Well, absolutely. I think, I think sort of, you know, judgment has always had a bad uh, reputation. Uh, because it's always seemed to tend to be some notion of, uh, it's always seemed to be something which is finally objective, which is only pronounceable by people who have, like, I don't know, expertise or authority. Um, and so, you know, since people started kind of questioning whether someone like Clement Greenberg knew what he was talking about, it, the idea that uh, one person or a certain type of person can go around evaluating stuff or or passing judgment on mm. things has always been seen in a very, in a fairly negative light. I think what what what, uh, but what bothers me about that is that uh, it, in the first instance, that that encounter of trying to evaluate what it is that's going on in a in you know work of art when one encounters it is not necessarily an authoritarian or an, or a sort of dominating uh, gesture. Mm. But rather, it start, it starts out by saying, well, what is it that we're faced with? And a lot of the text. Uh, you know, but but whether that's done on a kind of uh, collective level or whether it's done uh, in a relationship with other people that is not um, uh, hierarchical and is maybe more um, uh, uh, you know equal or or as I say collective, um, that, that that that's a, that's a different issue. I mean, the point the point is that uh, or the point I'm trying to figure out was whether uh, one can have uh, a space of judgment or a space of evaluation uh, which forms a community around a certain type of work. That's to say that judgments are not objective. They're actually uh, formed through some kind of uh, consensual or discursive uh, practice. So I think that's, see, obviously there, it is true that um, if you have um, a, a kind of a division of power between people who go around making judgments and mm. people that have to receive them, then obviously there's something uh, 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 you know, authoritarian about judgment. But if judgment is some, some form of practice that occurs between people, um, then that, that gives it a different status. I think what, but the key thing for me is to try and ask oneself, well, is, is subjectivity, is the place where people experience things, um, a good place to start? Because another theme of, that I was trying to uh, draw out in the piece is that a lot of theory, critical theory about art is, I would argue, quite suspicious of 
uh, the experience of being a subject. That's, that's to say that when you, when you see the kinds of uh, theoretical histories that some of these uh, uh, meta-critics, as it were, uh, draw on, they're drawing often on, for example, uh, you know, a series of, of uh, societies of spectacle, you know, so Smith and Debord, uh, drawing on, certainly on psychoanalysis, which has a certain kind of take on uh, the subject and its, and its own knowledge of itself, um, and also, you know, more recent kind of use of Foucault and his ideas of biopolitics and the nature of power and knowledge, and the relationship between those two. So, but what's interesting is that there are quite a lot of theories now, quite sort of high theories, that, that treat experience with, with a great deal of suspicion. Uh, and so, so there, there seems to be this kind of problem where uh, precisely at the time when you need, you know, it would be good to have <laughs> a theory that can, you know, a way of accounting for experience, which is, uh, you know, um, which invests experience with something positive and invests art uh, with some kind of potential or, 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 or um, productive um, value. Uh, you've got a, a sort of set of critiques about the market and about people in relationship to spectacular society or the media or whatnot, um, which sort of undermines precisely that space. So, I mean, I think that, obviously, I, I suspect a lot of people won't agree with me, and I don't think I'm necessarily pretending to have the last word on it. Um, but it strikes me that a lot of the, the kind of theory that we receive uh, that tries to explain you know, what it is to experience tends to uh, uh, put brackets on, or put quotation marks, as it were, on precisely what it is that we're experiencing. So that the idea of trying to make a judgment is impossible, because obviously there may be all kinds of ulterior motives uh, that we're not aware of when we go around thinking that we know what we like. Mm. Well. JJ, just to bring in the practicals, because you're talking about the subject being the person I think who goes to the gallery, for instance, yeah. and is faced with a work of art, which might be an object of some sort. Yeah. So they are the subject, yeah. and then they're looking at the work, and it's, and for instance, the kind of criticism you see, you might be suggesting is that, as an experience, the critic goes to the gallery, sees the work, and may discuss down to such as, as there was a puddle on the floor because the roof was leaking at the time when they were there, as well as looking at the work, which they were in a mood of, because they've had a row, and it affected how they looked at the work. I mean, I'm really taking it, pushing it to an extreme, obviously, right. a stupid extreme, but I mean, you mean the, the experience of the work by the subject is involves the subject's it, humanity, is well, the only word I can think of saying. Yeah, it, it's like, is that where you start, uh, or do you give up on that? I think the point is that, you know, when you, what's curious about, say, for example, and I think maybe we can talk about this um, uh, with regards to the latest piece, you know, if you take, for example, psychoanalysis as a sort of um, uh, very kind of influential um, perspective on experience, it has certain kinds of um, uh, things that it offers about what it is that happens in experience, uh, which if you understand it or if you uh, buy into it, uh, give you a certain kind of perspective on what it means to, to, to be a subject, right? So, yeah. so a, you know, a, a subject that's a Freudian or a Lacanian subject is not the same kind of subject as a sort of, I don't know, 17th century Renaissance or, you know, Enlightenment subject. Um, so the, the business well, of people being... The, well, can I just interrupt? Yes, because, of course, this, you know, whatever... Um, I mean, I don't think there is per se such a thing as a psychoanalytic sub subject as such, but if there was one, 
it's obviously related to the idea of the modern subject. So, yeah. you know, it's it's just these theories have uh, you know were uh, you know developed at the birth of modernity really, and that we're still. Uh, living in that legacy of the modern subject. So I think we inhabit multiple kind of subjectivities at yeah. any given time um, and that we're already, before we you know, go into the gallery or encounter the work, the work itself is the sort of product of a whole um, myriad of you know, intersubjectivity, intersubjective yeah. relations anyway. So, and we're already pre-addressed and then something I do believe, because uh, I am sort of still committed to some kind of notion of, um, if not social change, sh some kind of subjective yeah. shift in one's um, perception in, in that encounter with the work of art. But, you know, we're already addressed prior to even encountering the work. So it's not like there's a pure moment where a subject can encounter in the, the object in, in the yeah. gallery, which is what the, gr you know, the Greenberg kind of thing was trying to do in a way. It was trying to tie, you know, get rid of those extraneous... Um, uh, conditions, which of course then, you know, in the 70s with conceptualism uh, were brought back in and then w we just, I mean, I do agree with most of your article, on the other hand, that, you know, the sort of, um, I mean, I do think there's a lot of silliness going on today about this idea of, you know, moving from critique to criticality as a way of hanging on to something that is, ha has a certain kind of jaded quality about it um, and it is, is a discourse of power um, that does uh, yeah, it, it it keeps power within a certain network, let's say. Does that hit hit home? What, I mean, is, do, yeah, you, is I that right? Would, I, I, I would agree with, uh, I'd respond to that, saying that I think what's important for me is that um, if there's a political dimension to how knowledge uh, is used, like theory is used in um, the art world, then I'm always suspicious when people bring theories into play which suggests that they know and others don't. Mm, mm. Uh, and that's always very, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, in, a, in a sense, um, if I'm not an expert on Lacanian psychoanalysis, then I, I apologize. In a sense, it's not necessarily that that I'm, um, I'm kind of contending. Mm. Uh, rather, it's the political use or the, the way in which it, that becomes used uh, to distinguish a certain form of uh, knowledgeable practice uh, which then excludes uh, an apparently unknowing practice. I'm, I'm thinking, therefore, we could perhaps bring Mary Kelly in as an example here, because, um, I mean, do you think, I mean, her use of psychoanalysis and, and philosophy and throughout her work, I mean, I, I, it's never struck me as, I mean, it's power, the, the, the mis it's not, it doesn't seem misused. Mm. Do you know what I mean, as an artist using it? Do, I mean, Maria, what do you think of that? I mean, well, what JJ is saying. Yeah, Mary Kelly is an interesting example because, um, you know, when, uh, well, I think that the way she can be looked at now is very different from the kinds of uh, ways that um, she was looked at in the 80s and 90s uh, and, and in, the, in the 70s as well. That um, I think that, I mean, as an artist, she's interested in psychoanalysis, but uh, she's always maintained, and I agree, that it's not like one has to be, she's not asking for expertise, it's an art practice, so it's to do with, you know, putting, I mean, I think in any encounter with a work of art, we don't, there are things we don't know, there are those points of, um, you know, mystification that make us think um, 
maybe about something else or try to we try to come up with a narrative to fill in the things that we don't understand so her use i mean she uses diagrams and people um in the 70s and 80s a, a lot of well feminists really in particular found them because of course there is you know there was this idea that if you were going to be a feminist artist you had to kind of toe a certain line that these diagrams were felt like to be alienating and a kind of um you know masculinist uh, theory um but i mean she's using them as a, almost like uh, you know a poetic um, motif really to try for her to think through where she think how she thinks of herself really as being positioned in relation to uh, various discourses um, that position her and also others in which she finds herself or is interested in. So I think you know an artist uh, can use theory in a very different way than it's not a, an application of theory, but a kind of thinking through. Um, yeah. Well, I mean that strikes me as being being. There's this area of, you know, where you can't escape your surroundings, your your the the theory applied, and e and equally you can apply it too too much and look at everything in too. Just to come in on that. Um, yeah, do come in. Saying that, I think you know I absolutely agree that when you you know when you deal with an artwork, that there's an absolutely uh, key moment where you just don't know necessarily what it is that you've got, mm. what you're experiencing, uh, what it means, uh, and. I would say that you know many theories uh, have been uh, brought to uh, that that moment, the mm -hmm. moment of thinking, well, what is it? Uh, what is it that does whatever it is that's happening here? Or how do I account for it? Or how do I give it um, uh, meaning? Uh, partly because, of course, there is something that you know it's like an itch you can't you can't scratch when you experience the work. You have to kind of, and I think certainly there's a very kind of key that key initial moment in art that breeds art criticism or produces some form of art critical um, uh, discourse is that moment of having to kind of explain to yourself and explain to other people what it, what it is you think is happening when you're when mm. you sort of face with the experience of this work now of course actually you know in that sense that an artist um, can uh, work through the consequences or the implications of a particular theory uh, uh, to see whether it, it illuminates experience I think that's a very productive thing um, but of course, the interesting thing is that you could, you know, that um, a Greenbergian theory of, the, of, a, of an encounter illuminates other aspects of work, uh, or et cetera, you know, you could pick your theory and you could find that in various ways they uh, account for or address that moment in different ways. I think what's more important or what's more interesting is the moment when you get a sort of um, closed loop between the work and the theory. So I think what's fascinating, for example, about like late 60s formalist criticism, which is very indebted to Greenberg, is that it can only really speak about <laughs> artworks which look exactly like what it should be talking about in the first place. Mm. So there's that kind of weird sort of closure that happens. Which sounds, sounds very limited. Well, yes, but I think what's interesting about that is the relationship between the, cl the closed relationship between discourse and uh, experience rather than open one. So I think what I'm kind of really, really keen on is, and I think certainly that, you know, the idea of an, uh, there is uh, often about an artist uh, working through and speculating about the relationship between the work and, and theory, or the implications of theory for work, is, uh, is that it's open and speculative and rather than uh, terribly closed, you know, self-closing. Mm. And I think that's, that's what worries me often when theory, you know, people who kind of use certain kind of critical theoretical position uh, get to a point where they can no longer uh, 
uh, really productively or creatively engage with what's going on. Uh, and, uh, just to get off in, in psychoanalysis, I don't think that's the key, key subject here, but certainly what some of the kind of stuff material that I was surveying in the article seems to suggest that there's a kind of grouping of intellectual uh, critical theorists involved in art who uh, are now very, very cut off from um, precisely the, the space that should be creative and, and, and speculative, which is, you know, what does art do? But, and rather, they just spend, seem to spend their time endlessly rehearsing uh, their anxieties about the, the hegemonic <laughs> um, aspects of, of you know, the cultural spectacle, spectacle, which is the international art market or something like that. What, what do you think about, I mean, it's something you don't mention in your article, but it's kind of um, the other side to what's going on today, is this um, sort of like create art criticism as a kind of creative writing, the uh, new art writing that, you know, there's all these new courses starting up in various institutions across sure. the country. Um, and it, it almost like taking, you know, uh, carrying on the idea of uh, the U.S. idea of performative writing. Mm. Um, I mean, you would you see that as being a kind of related to well, uh, the I other mean, side of this hegemonic yeah. thing and also avoiding the issue of experience and judgment that you seem to be putting forward in your article? I would, yes, I would uh, absolutely agree with that. It's, it's more, I, mean, well, I think I don't touch on the performative writing trend or, or, or sort of line of, of uh, investigation, but it's but partly because I think that there is an issue there already in which it sort of compromises itself to the idea that it's already an artwork. Mm. So, so the distinction between writing to an artwork and writing as an artwork um, is a bit of a problem for me. It's a little bit like that shift that, 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 that one described in there, which is a quote from Eric Rogoff, yeah, who talks about the shift from crit yeah. criticism to critique and then to criticality, mm. in which the shift from critique to criticality is, is performative, mm. or mm. is largely couched in terms of a kind of performative self-interrogation uh, of, of even the terms of critique one is employing, and the space in which one, or the position from which one does that. And I th in similar terms, I think that the kind of tendency to discuss um, uh, art criticism uh, or art writing as a form of kind of artistic practice, you know, in, in its own right, or a literary practice maybe, um, loses sight of, or rather kind of effectively sort of reduces what I think is a productive tension within art criticism, which is that it's writing towards something which is different to writing. Mm. Um, and I think that's, for me, that's, it's not that I don't, I would want to dismiss art writing as a self-referential practice, it's just that Actually, I'm, a, I'm in the business of writing about other people's work and what it means, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe. Just to get back to Mary Kelly really quickly, we've only got a couple of minutes left, and thanks ever so much for talking about all this. It is complicated. I mean, I'm, I'm in a slight blur, to be honest with you, <laughs> between, you know, where the artist ends and the critic begins, and then where the poet comes in as the critic. It's all, there's, there's a, I look what I like about it is there's lots of, there's, there's lots of blending going on across all these things. I mean, where one ends, the only th people come out of it worse. I mean, do, we, do we have time to ask Maria just a quick question? Please do. Because I mean, I thought what was interesting about uh, your interview with Mary is that the kind of co re constant return to whether feminism is, is viable now, mm. uh, and you mentioned that it, it, you say that it had faded from interest for a while, and that, that there's a certain resurgence. And maybe I'd be really interested to hear you uh, explain a bit more about where you think that resurgence is coming from and what it means, and what, it, what it's significant about that. Um, 
because to say, you know, the idea that feminism is sort of a, a past practice or a historical practice uh, is always a bit sort of worrying. Time. Sorry, is in two minutes. In two minutes, I'd say that. Um, well, for me, as a, well as a well, okay, there's for me personally, but then there's also I think particularly as a teacher and having taught in you know our colleges for about uh, twenty years, that's where really I see this kind of um, urgency of uh, for, from art students looking back to uh, feminism, but they, they are looking at it. Uh, for different reasons, and it is um, an intersection between. Uh, it's not really political in the way, in in the in the sense of social change per se, but it's more to do with a kind of how do they uh, navigate their um, own social space within the kind of mediated ideas of femininity that we're surrounded by. So they're kind of looking at um, more material practices, uh, of which femini feminist practices would be one area. Right. And that's in two minutes because I, I think we've run You'd out very of well. time. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. But listen, um, listeners, thank you very much. I'm sorry we have squashed rather a lot into a short time, but it is our time to go now. And uh, thank you very much, Maria Walsh and JJ Charlesworth, and the engineers and everyone in the room who <laughs> possibly understood it better than us. <laughs> um, this is Art Monthly leaving you from Resonance 104.4 FM. Goodbye. <laughs>